Pornography and Dating, on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And this week, I am delighted that we have with us uh, Sean Perrone and Spencer Harmon, Uh, Sean is our former director of operations here at ACBC. Many of you are familiar with him. Uh, He graduated from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky with a Master of Divinity. He also serves now as the associate pastor uh, at First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. He's married to Jennifer Perrone, and they have one son named Chandler. And then Spencer, so excited that Spencer's with us as well. Uh, he's a co-author with Sean in two previous books, uh, Letters to a Romantic on Dating and also Letters to a Romantic on Engagement. He's currently uh, finishing up his Master of Divinity from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. And he currently serves down at First Baptist Church in Jacksonville uh, as the campus pastor um, for the Nocatee campus there in uh, the south side of Jacksonville. Uh, He and his wife, Taylor, currently live down in St. John's County, Florida, and they love walking on the beach and having people in their home and exploring uh, the wonderful things to do there in Jacksonville. And with them today, interviewing them, talking about this very important subject that I would consider to be somewhat of an epidemic in the world that we live in, even in the evangelical culture, this issue of pornography, is our communications director, Taryn DeFevers. And so, Taryn, I'm so glad that you were able to sit down recently with Sean and Spencer to discuss this very important topic. I don't think it's an overstatement to say that it is a very common issue that couples run into issues of dealing with the sexual sin of one of the, one of the partners in the relationship. And this often comes out when dating relationships, it often comes out in marriage relationships, it comes out in engaged relationships. Um, And I'll I'll pitch this to you as a dating relationship. Say there's a very serious, intentional Christian couple going through, uh, they've been dating, they're they're considering marriage, Mm -hmm. and say the, the boyfriend confesses to his girlfriend that he fell into looking at something pornographic, something sexual, something that was uh, sensual. And so they are now asking, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is common. I hate that it's common. I hate that it's common, uh, but it is. And, uh, you know, a dating relationship and how you would deal with this is different than how you would deal with it in engagement. Um, and obviously different than how you would deal with it in marriage. So, And that's important for people to know, I think, as they come to counseling. It is, mm-hmm. absolutely, because uh, the context of the relationship, uh, it just context is king. And so that is very helpful uh, in knowing the parameters and what— So, like, for instance, in marriage, um, you, you would appeal to them to not forsake their spouse and not say, okay, we're going to end the marriage when this takes place. You, you would appeal to them to say, no, we're going to be committed till death do we part, and we are going— to uh, love one another, we're going to work through this. In dating, you're not in the commitment. You're not in a covenant relationship. Uh, And even in engagement, you're not either. So in dating, though, you asked specifically about dating, I would have a lot of questions. So if I was the counselor, I'd have a lot of questions. So I'd want to know the nature of um, the, the action. So was this, has this been an ongoing thing in your life that you've looked at porn uh, once a week for the past three years? 
and you fell into it. And that's your polite way of saying, I messed up again. I'd want to know that. Uh, are you looking at porn for three hours a time every time you do it? Is this uh, the first time in a year? So maybe you've not looked at pornography in a year and you had a moment of weakness. What did that moment of weakness look like? Um, what led up to the temptation to fall into it? Um, all those questions are important because what matters here is the heart. That is what counts. So uh, the action of looking at pornography is horrible. It's a sin against God. But uh, you can have a lustful heart and not ever look at pornography and still go to hell. So uh, a lustful heart. In Ephesians 5, when it says the wrath of God is coming upon all who are um, covetous and sexually immoral and adulterers, it lumps them all there back to back to back to back, and the wrath of God is still coming upon those people, um, upon us, unless we repent, unless we have a heart that has been transformed by Jesus Christ. So there are two kinds of people who look at pornography. There are people who look at pornography who are enslaved to sin, and there are people who look at pornography who are slaves to Jesus Christ or and free in Jesus Christ. So uh, is the person that you're dating, one question to consider is, are they looking as some, look at, did they look at pornography as someone who uh, has been freed from their sins and this is just a, a one-time event or an infrequent event or an ongoing struggle, but they've still been freed? They're walking with Jesus. They have people in their life. They have godly sorrow. They have sorrow that is consider, that considers first and foremost their offense against God and not that they just got caught or not that they are going to be found out but they're um, against you and you alone, O oh Lord, have I sinned, Psalm 51. Or are they someone who uh, is looking at it and they've not gotten freedom from this. The sun has not set them free. They, um, they're walking in darkness and they've never confessed and you're the first person that they've confessed to in their whole life. That's, that's, a, different, that's a different scenario. Another thing to consider is what, what is what is their action plan to overcome pornography? So, Godly sorrow comes with an eagerness to clear himself and a hatred for sin. So I would want to know if I was, so let's say it is uh, a young girl and the boyfriend looks at pornography. That's not always the case. I've counseled uh, folks where the, the girlfriend was, or the woman was the one who looked at pornography first. So it, it there, sin is uh, not a respecter of persons. The human heart is depraved. And Let's, but let's say it's the, the boyfriend that looks at it, and I'm, and I'm talking with the girl. I would want to know, okay, what's their plan? Don't just say I confess that I looked at pornography, but you confess and forsake. You confess and forsake, and who, who is holding you accountable for uh, your uh, internet? Who is speaking truth into your life? Who knows about the struggle? Um, how, how can I have assurance that there are godly mentors in your life that are speaking into you and walking in the light with you on this. What's your plan? What are you doing to cultivate a heart of love and affection and purity? What are you doing to pursue Jesus above all else? That would be another question to consider. The other thing I would talk about with a couple would be, um, a wise person once told me, uh, potential godliness is not actual godliness. And that's important because when you're in a dating relationship, you want it so bad, sometimes, not always, but you want it so badly to work out. And you have a lot of emotions. You have a lot 
of uh, feelings that are wrapped up in this relationship, especially if it's been going on for a while. Uh, and you need to not think about what they could become, but who are they right now? Are they godly right now? Are they pursuing Jesus right now? Not, oh, maybe maybe this is their chance. Maybe if I, you know, maybe if I keep the relationship going, they will pursue Jesus more. Uh, that is not the way to think about it. The biblical way to think about it is, I am pursuing a dating relationship with purpose, I would assume, with purpose to pursue engagement and then marriage. And with that, do I want someone who has actual godliness and godly sorrow and repentance? Or do I want to be in a relationship with someone who is not ready to lead me spiritually? And that is also a question to consider. So those are three initial questions that I would be interested in and exploring and uh, would want more details about. Thanks, John. That's really helpful. So you've, you've mentioned some of the pieces of counsel you would give to the person who is, is uh, fighting the sin and the person who is then the person who has to, uh, to, to live and bear with the other person. With it being a dating relationship, what would that look like as you proceed in, in counseling them? How much would you do with, say it is the man who, who had looked at pornography, how much would you do with them together counseling or having them separate as you work through those situations? Since this is a, it, they are a dating relationship and it can be a sensitive conversation. That's a very important question because uh, it's different than how you would treat a marriage counseling situation. Um, so if they're dating, uh, and this also depends on the extent of their relationship and whatnot, but I would for sure meet with them separately. Not all the time, not every counseling session, but I would uh, focus primarily on their individual walk with the Lord and them pursuing Jesus as a person. Then I would want to know what are the fears that they have about the relationship now that this has been entered into the scene. What are the concerns? What are the worries? What are the things that uh, they that they might not tell you initially or might not tell the other person initially, but they are thinking them deep down? Bitterness, confusion. What, what are all those things that I, you'd have to... I would think the, probably the best way would be to find out that information separately. And then all those things that come up, then you would meet with them together in counseling to work through them. So for instance, if, if you're dealing with someone, let's say they're, they're scandalized that this has happened. Maybe the boyfriend didn't tell the girlfriend this has been going on for a few months now and they're scandalized and they have major trust issues now. Well, uh, we're going to have to work through that together. And that does not mean uh, that the relationship will continue. That may mean it ends. Now, it might continue, but we won't know until we talk about that separately and then together as a couple. I think related to that last question of putting them together or separate, I think when you do that, when you have the counseling separately, you're, you're saying something to the couple. You're saying that the primary aim of this situation is your sanctification and not the salvaging of the relationship. That's good. Because oftentimes when people fall into sexual sin in a dating relationship, the motive of their heart is, how can I keep this from falling apart? And I'm just thinking, 1 Thessalonians 4 uh, 3 says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. So the motive of the heart is sanctification and Christ-likeness, not the salvaging of the relationship. And I think that's so key for someone who's fighting sexual sin to see. 
And that's so important if they were to get married, because as they encounter sin in their relationship in the future, their primary motivation needs to be, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be sanctified. I want to glorify God and my life personally, and that's the motive of my heart. And what that will establish is a pattern in a marriage that says we are fighting sin, we are pursuing Christ for the glory of God first before anything else. And I think that is just the pattern that we want to set in all of our counseling relationships, but I think that just shows how that has a very uh, practical impact on even just how we do the counseling, because the aim of our counseling is the glory of God and Christ's likeness before anything else, and that has to motivate everything we do uh, in dating, engagement, and in marriage. That's right, and it's often the counsel uh, that the counselee may be coming with the aim or the goal to personally just salvage, mm-hmm. salvage the relationship mm-hmm. or fix what feels broken immediately. Mm-hmm. But really, the the goal of biblical counseling, in a deeper sense, is the aim of Christ for our sanctification. Mm-hmm. And you might even have a couple that comes, and they might even have a seemingly pure or genuinely pure motive for wanting to salvage the relationship, and it could say something like, "I was looking at pornography." I struggle with sexual sin. So the solution then, according to 1 Corinthians 7, is if I, it's better to marry than burn with passion. And so I want to get married as quick as possible. So this one, I want to escalate uh, the relationship now. And when you're in a dating relationship and you have that kind of conversation, I think what Spencer said is so, so important. The focus has to be Jesus is the solution for sexual sin, not someone else. And if Jesus is the solution then you can't say, oh, all my sexual problems are going to go away if I just get married or if I just speed up this relationship. That's not true. Uh, And we know it's not true because Jesus is the only answer for our heart and our heart to be transformed. And so when Jesus is given the priority in the counseling and that relationship is emphasized and that relationship is cultivated, then that takes care of uh, the other aspects of the relationship. And it is true that, yes, Marriage is a good gift for uh, sexual flourishing, so to speak. It's a good gift to satisfy those desires. But those those desires, sin doesn't go away just because you have a wedding ring on. Sin is still in your heart, and you need Jesus' help for that, and he has to be the focus. Amen. And that takes it so much further beyond one individual just trying to become better for the other sake of the other person, not letting them down. It, it anchors it in the, the aim of glorifying Christ in their life. That's good. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Spencer, for joining us and talking about this very important topic. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I want to remind each of you that uh, Sean and Spencer have teamed up in the past and written a couple of books in this series, Letters to a Romantic. I mentioned before uh, that the first book that they wrote was uh, Letters to a Romantic on dating, and then the second one was on engagement. Uh, I want to recommend those books to you. I think they'd be helpful, especially for those who are uh, thinking about getting married, those who are engaging in dating. Maybe you as parents are thinking about how to encourage your teenage boys or girls as they think about the dating process or as they engage in getting married. And so uh, I want to encourage you to to get those books. They also have a forthcoming book, uh, a third edition to this series, Letters to a Romantic, talking about the first years of marriage. And so we We are anticipating that as well. So if that interests you, uh, you can find information on those books on our notes page, and you can find other resources just like this talking about pornography and dating at our website, biblicalcounseling.com.